Hey everyone, I'm Dane. And I'm Meg. And this is DM Us the Podcast, Episode 1. And we're coming to you from lockdown due to COVID-19, and we thought we would start this podcast for your entertainment. Some of the main topics we're going to talk to this uh, talk to you with this podcast is going to be about true crime, myths, conspiracy theories, that sort of thing if you're into it. And we're going to put in a couple small topics there, just some small things like random facts and uh, brain teasers and whatnot. Hopefully you enjoy. This episode is going to be about the true crime case of William Tyrrell. Okay, our first episode is on the disappearance of three-year-old William Tyrrell, who has been missing since September 2014. So it all started on the 11th of September 2014 when William Tyrrell's foster parents made a last-minute decision on the 11th of September to pick William and his slightly older sister up from daycare in Sydney and make the four-hour drive to a small town of Kendall in New South Wales in Australia. So Kendall is about four hours north of Sydney and about half an hour south of Port Macquarie. So pretty much the reason they took this trip was to visit their grandmother and stay at their ho- her house. Now, one thing to note is the grandmother's house sits across the road from Kendall State Forest, and there's actually a 60 Minutes kind of documentary on it, which you can look up on YouTube, or we'll have a link in it in the show notes down below, that uh, it's on this whole case, but it kind of shows you the area of her house and what it looks like but pretty much looking at it um it's pretty bushy a lot of trees around and uh it backs she she lives on a cul-de-sac so it's pretty much a one-way street that she can go on um and the road like joins up with like a dirt track that leads into the bush which is i think across the road from his grandma's house But, yeah, the grandma lives on, like, a pretty big block of land. Like, it's pretty decent. And the house is, like, um, the house is, like, pushed back from the road. Yeah, it's not right on the street. So the front yard is kind of, like, bigger than the backyard. And there's a few trees, but not that many. Yeah, it's still pretty spacious. Like, you'd be able to see what's going on there compared to what's up the back, where it's pretty much just all bushland and trees. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But anyway, so they get to the house, and then the next morning, which is now the 12th of September on Friday, uh, William, the little boy, dresses in his favourite Spider-Man suit, and there's actually a photo of him wearing it the day of his disappearance. So if you Google that, you'll actually be able to find that photo of him in his uh, Spider-Man suit, and I believe that this photo was taken, like, minutes before he disappeared. Yeah. Yeah, so pretty much... That's, uh, like, the photo that's... Like, that we see in the newspapers and that they use, like, everywhere. Yeah, that's the big stock photo of it. It's um, a little bit sad because it's a really nice photo of him. Yeah, so a pretty cute. cute kid. But anyway, so his dad goes into his into town to get better phone reception and run some errands for a short time. And meanwhile, William and his sister and his mum go outside to play in the big yard, which we're saying where there are some trees and it's still pretty spacious. Mm. Um, playing games. It was around 10.30am when William's mum and grandmother are sitting down on the back patio, which if you look in the 60 Minutes documentary, 
it's pr- it's a pretty small deck. It's not that big. Yeah, um, and then you can't fit too much. It goes down into like a little grassy area where there's like a little garden, and then you turn the corner and go around the side of the house, and then the front yard, I guess, kind of opens up. Yeah, and bigger, and it slopes down towards the road. Yeah, so something to note is the house is on a hill where it slopes down toward the road where it. Uh, it's a little bit clearer, and behind that, it actually goes uphill into kind of forest. Yeah. Um, so anyway, they were yeah. So they were playing outside, and he was in his Spider-Man suit, and he was playing uh, this little roar game that he does, where he's jumping around and roaring. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty much, he jumped off, and he was playing on the grass area where they could still see him. But then he went around the corner of the house towards a tree, where he was playing in earlier that morning. So the detective thinks that he walks. Around the corner and down the slope of the front yard, which is towards the road. Yeah. And anyway, the mother could still hear him roaring, uh, so she obviously thought that he was safe and everything. I guess she was uh, chatting to the grandmother. You just don't know what you can get well, caught yeah. up in. This would have been, like, a matter of, like, seconds. Yeah, so you just hear the roar and then nothing. So she doesn't hear anything after that. And then the last thing she saw and heard him was walking around the corner... Um, playing his raw game where he, you know, he roars and jumps about. Um, but then silence, and now he's gone. Which is when they assume that he is walking down towards the road. Towards the road, yeah. They didn't that think that like he walked back up towards the back. And I think, no. is that, that, they probably could have seen from the back area if he didn't go around the corner of the house, if he kept walking yeah. back up. So they must have assumed that he went down towards the road. Yeah. Um, now, there was this little game that uh, William and his sister played when their dad comes back, and pretty much um, they go wait at the front gate, and they wait for their dad to get back home. And that's what the mum thought that they were doing, so she went to look for him, and she was calling out saying, can you see dad? But then she realises uh, that William's gone, and she starts running around looking for him. Now, she can't find him, obviously, and William's dad returns home and joins. They've gotten the neighbours in on this, and they're all searching for William. The parents don't believe that he would have just wandered off, so obviously they've thought that uh, something's happened to him, Mm -hmm. so that's why they decided to call the police after they weren't able to find him after a certain amount of time. Yep. Now, the triple zero call is actually on the 60 Minutes video, if you're interested and you want to go see that. Mm -hmm. But pretty much the police arrive, and they search the house with the family, in case William is hiding inside there, in case he wants, you know, playing hide-and-seek, as many young kids do. Yep. However, uh, and the police also noted that the parents were very distraught, which adds to a thing of obviously it doesn't seem like the parents are trying to get rid of their own kid. No, no, they seem pretty um, genuine. Yeah. When they're being interviewed, and obviously if you go and have a look at the video, you can definitely see that. Yeah. Now, by the end of the day, they've got 200 police uh, locals and SES were searching through the night, so pretty much 200 total, I'm assuming. Yeah, like of those police uh, and groups. volunteers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So pretty much they searched all through the night and they couldn't find anything. So they sent out a detective, who was a local from Kendall. Yeah, so she was the first detective um, on the scene, I guess. And basically, in the 60 Minutes episode, she just she just basically says. Um, as soon as I got here, I just thought something wasn't right and William's not missing. She, she thought if he was missing, we would have found him by now. If he walked up into the bush, 
got a bit lost. Yeah. We would have found him by now. She, so. She's a local, so she kind of knows the area and knows the kind of neighbourhood, yeah. what everyone's like there. So she's just saying that that's her gut instinct, like, something's not right. I think yeah. he's been taken because she reckoned, yeah, if if he was just missing, we would have found him by now. Yeah, with all those people out there, surely you would have found something, even if it was just a bit of his Spider-Man clothing or something. Yeah, exactly. Or some tracks, just whatever he yeah, might have left exactly. behind. Tracks, yeah. People yeah. might have heard him yelling out or something. But anyway, a week of searching and uh, he still couldn't be found. And they searched all the bush and waterways, even dams were searched. Um, mm -hmm. So that's when the police tell the family to pretty much return back return to home. Sydney. Yeah. Um, obviously without their kid. Uh, anyway, so yeah. it, it turns into a full investigation and they're actually trying to uh, get suspects involved yeah and about a thousand people were interviewed within the first year already <coughs> um they came up with a person of interest which i believe bill spedding yeah i think it's name? bill spedding yeah uh, and he had been at the grandmother's house repairing the washing machine and william's mother had called him the night before to ask when a part for the washing machine was coming in so he could fix the washing machine and uh, it was later found out that he had unrelated charges of child sex offences dating back to the 80s. Yeah, so they, there was a bit of, like, debate on this, like, um, so, yeah, he's a washing machine repairman. He went to the grandmother's house three days before, and then the mum gets there the night before, William's mum gets there the night before, and just gives him a call and says, like, when's the part coming in? So I don't believe that she even mentioned that William was even there. So it's kind of like, how would he really have known? Yeah, it's a bit of a throw off to think just because she got a, a call stretch. from her that the whole family, the whole must family be staying there. there. Unless she mentioned it, I'm not, I can't remember if that was said, but as far as I know, um, she didn't mention it. And yeah, it was, it's a bit of a stretch, but fair enough, like, he had been in the house. And he was expected back. He knew where she lived. Um, but yeah, basically, yeah. they did an interview with him uh, like a couple of years after he was. I'm pretty sure he was. Um, he wasn't charged. Like, right. He was the first suspect, and I don't think he ended up being charged or anything. And it was a little bit sad. He had, he did an interview and said like it ruined his business. It it really ruined yeah, his life. If like, everyone thought he was the first sub. Uh, suspect obviously yeah. that just would have destroyed his reputation and the lead detective who took over the case um his approach was like pretty like going hard on the suspect so yeah. he... a, lot of, a lot of them are they try and get a name or a person there for people to focus on pretty well yeah so it was it buys, all over it the buys news. them more time as well yeah because exactly. otherwise they ask you know what are the police doing what have you got and they just have nothing doesn't seem like they're doing a really good job so they like to try and put someone out there yeah exactly so yeah and i feel like they they have to for the family's sake and for the public as well they have to have a suspect yeah, yeah especially in the first year or if not a suspect at least a person of interest. person of interest yeah yeah exactly so anyways he's the first um person of interest i guess and the second person of interest his name is paul savage pretty savage <laughs> and I know, unfortunate name. <laughs> um, so he lived across the road from William's grandma's house at the time. Um, and he had... They put listening devices in his house and car? Yeah. So there's a bit of controversy over 
at the moment going on in the news, um, the detective actually illegally recorded this guy. Uh, which means they can't use it in court. Yes, they can't use it in court. But he also legally recorded him, so it was... I think he did both. Right. Because he, he felt like he was a really good suspect, so that's why he went ahead yeah. and, like, put listening devices everywhere. So basically, this guy, he's a bit older, and his wife was alive at the time of William's disappearance, but then she soon passed away. And when they put the listening devices in his house and in his car, he was recorded talking to himself, or what the detectives thought was he was actually talking to his late wife, um, which I think is pretty normal. Like, Wait, was she dead at the time? Yeah, so she right. she was alive at the time of William's dis... No. Yeah, she was alive at the yeah. time of his disappearance. Oh, okay. And then soon after, passed away, I believe. But when they were So when he became him, a suspect, she was passed... She had passed away. Right, so when they were recording him... And he was him, talking to her, talking they to think. his dead wife. Yeah, but he was recorded saying weird things like, don't tell anyone, love, they're right after me, sorry. Like, he was recorded saying, right. like, suspicious things to himself. Are those recordings out there anywhere, do you know? No, but yeah. I did listen to a podcast and um, it was, like, used in court, so they must have yeah. it. Yeah, But they're not released to the no, public. I just thought it would have been like interesting that. if we could have heard heard some of that i know i don't i think and a bit of the controversy that surrounds it as well is that some of the um some of the police who were involved in the case don't think that you can actually hear it clear enough like the recording uh, yeah. so it's like is Might he actually saying that um but yeah, you need pretty conclusive stuff yeah if you just google like podcasts on william tyrell there's a couple out there and some of them have the lead detective interviewing Paul Savage. Um, and basically what he says is, his theory is that him or his wife accidentally ran him over and covered it up. So he says, you know, oh, it's fine, did you accidentally... They ran over William. William, yeah, oh. and covered it up. So he's not right. actually accusing him of taking him, he's accusing him of accidentally doing... But surely... If they ran him over, you'd see the, the family would have sold blood or something. That's what, yeah, that's what they're saying. Like, yeah, I don't think, I think well, that's a bit of a stretch. That's what he said. He said, if my wife ran him over, she would have screamed. Like, she yeah. would have felt bad. I wouldn't have covered up. So he, like, denies it. I don't it. think, yeah, I think if you've got that many people out there searching that quickly and he's disappeared yeah. that quickly, I don't think that even, you're going to be yeah. able to cover it up. That you know, quick. Because they went out and got the neighbours. Yeah, I, I don't know. But that's and if he what, lives across from William's grandmother's, I'm sure they definitely would have checked that would have, area. You would have heard You would have heard, something. seen something you like, have, to get all that, if, if he was run over, killed, got rid of, there would have been blood and stuff. Yeah. There would have been marks on the car. And, like, the mum specifically says in the 60 Minutes episode, all I heard was silence. Like, she yeah. says, I remember it was silent. I could hear, like, birds. I could hear... That's right. Like, just pure silence. So, Of course, we haven't heard the recordings, but I find it very unlikely that that's the scenario. Yeah. Unless he, like, abducted him. Yeah. But the detective seems to go down the path of, you, did you accidentally run him, run over? him over? Or yeah. his, Or your wife at the time. All right. So, anyway, that's Frank Savage. So, Paul that's Paul Savage. Savage. Sorry. And now there's Frank Abbott. Yeah. Now, he's a convicted pedophile. He's a convicted 
convicted pedophile and he's a convicted child sex offender. So he is one of their... One of the bad ones. Prime suspects, I believe. Yeah. Uh, so what I'm seeing here is he uh, he bragged, supposedly bragged about knowing where William was buried. Yeah. Where he had been buried by another local man, Jeff Owens, who worked on the same street. Um, yeah, I believe Frank Abbott lived, I think, five k's away from William Tyrrell's grandmother's house on a property which was owned by uh, other people. Do you know roughly how big the property is? No, I'm not sure, but I do know that it has been searched. Right. The police have searched it quite recently, I think. So obviously it's bigger than just like a normal it, residential yeah. house. Well, I think he did work for them actually. So it probably is a big property, yeah. So, yeah, so it's got a little bit of land. I think he just lived in like a trailer and did work for them. Okay. But um, basically he was telling them things like this, like I know where William is buried or I've gotten away with murder before. He said weird things like that, but he accused another local man, Jeff Owens, of right. burying him because apparently Jeff Owens, I think, something, like, did work for the grandma or something to do with the, yeah, the grandma's house. Obviously, the police would have interviewed this guy. I haven't actually seen anything about Jeff Owen, but Frank no, Abbott, No, I'm talking yes. about Frank Abbott, so... Obviously, oh, right. yeah, if he yeah. bragged about knowing where he's buried and they haven't found the burial well, site or anything of that, I, I think it's all just rumours. Well, yeah, maybe. Well, so there's this guy, Ray Porter. Yeah. So he was in an aged care home um, yeah. before he passed away. And a nurse, I think two nurses actually came out and said that he told them, so Ray Porter told two the nurses. Nurse. Yeah that he drove his friend, Frank Abbott, and a little boy 300 kilometres north away from Kendall on, like, that day. Right. So he's he's told them that. And then the nurse said, do you mean William Tyrrell? And he says, yes. Oh. And then soon after, he passed away. So... As in Frank Abbott passed away or Ray? No, Ray passed away okay. after confessing that to the nurses. And then other people in town have said that they're scared of this Frank Abbott guy. Right. And he says to people he knows where he's buried. Like, this so guy's a bit a of a creep. loose cannon. Yeah. yeah, this guy's a bit of a creep. Um, so those are the main suspects yeah, in so this those case. Th what, three of them? Yeah. Frank. Maybe four. Three or four. Bill, Paul and Frank. I couldn't find much um, information on Jeff Owens. I didn't actually yeah. have that much. All right. So, of course, none of them were convicted for this. Um, no, I believe... Still um, unsolved, isn't it? It is. I believe um, Frank Abbott is in jail for something else, though. All right. There you have it. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Right, so we looked a little bit more into Jeff Owen, and we couldn't really find too much on him. So pretty much we thought that just Frank Abbott just kind of used him to try and accuse him to kind of mm. get uh, get the name off his back, really. Yeah, or he reckons, like, that he might be buried on, like, Jeff Owens' property or something weird like that. He's... That's what he's um, accusing him of. Yeah. All right. So who do you think did it? Mm. If you had to take a guess. 
I don't know. <sighs> it's hard looking at all if these I had people. To pick which I definitely creep. don't think it was the washing machine repair. No, guy. I actually don't think it was the washing machine repair guy. I I don't know so much as like who I think did it, but I definitely do think he was taken. So something that, we left out before, which could add to it. Is yeah. So that morning, the mum says that she saw two cars. Um, across the parked across the road from the grandmother's house with their front windows down yeah. and so what i think it was what the detective and her were saying is that they were parked in between driveways so it's like on the side of the street side yeah. of the road so i don't know yeah i don't know it seems like normal to me like if i park at your house i park on the road yeah. But what they're saying here is they had they have big properties well, yeah, in, when you look, in this place. When you've seen the properties, it kind of does look like they do keep them in the driveways. And when they had the photo, there was no cars on the side of the road. Well, yeah, when they were like um, doing this show, yeah. there's no cars parked on the street. So that's what they're saying. They reckon in this town of Kendall, they have big properties. And for the most part, people drive in people's drive driveways they don't park on park the street in their driveways yeah yeah people park in their driveways if you go to visit somebody you park in their driveway not on the street so they thought it was strange that these two cars were parked in between driveways on the street across from william tyrrell's grandmother's house on the same morning on that morning that it disappears yeah so i guess yes. it's a bit out of the norm then yeah yes yeah, so that's what they reckon and they don't know the makes and the models of these cars but like she has they did like a sketch of them from her yeah. memory and one's like a white station wagon and the other one's a gray sedan and also what they said is that to william they could have looked similar to his dad's car right so he might have walked up to it so that also connects how did they were saying he ran down yeah and maybe thought his dad was game. home like yeah. oh my dad's home i'm gonna run down and see him because they were parked there did she say that were they just parked there or did she say that there were people in the car could she see that, like, did she say anything on I that? don't recall. Yeah, so pretty much she didn't see anyone in the cars because the driver windows were down. Yeah, I think it was parked from pretty close distance. to each other. Yeah. A long distance away. She probably wouldn't be able, been able to see. Right. So, yeah, they've, there's all this information out. Uh, they still haven't got it solved. And pretty much uh, the recent news that's come out about it is what there was 407 sightings after a year. Of people that think they saw William? Yeah, there's still a few people that think that they see him around. There was one man, after all this happened, that really thought that he saw William in a car. Yeah. In his Spider-Man suit. And then actually a lady came out um, and said, my son was in a Spider-Man suit that day. Oh. And she heard the about... The same day. Yeah, and she heard, like, she was in the neighbourhood, and she right. heard that he went missing in his Spider-Man suit, and she made her kid take it off. Yeah, so I was she reckons you might have seen off. my son right. in the car. Unless this must have been when Spider she was the one that took him. Yeah, well, this must have been when Spider-Man was big, 2014. Yeah. Well, yeah, All I think one of the Spider new Spider-Mans did. Spider-Man's pretty popular anyway, but yeah. that could have been That's one of the ones with Andrew Garfield, like, Electro-Man or whatever. Oh, yeah. 
yeah. It's a bit of a coincidence, but it's still possible. I don't know. Kids like to dress up all the time, so... Like, imagine... I don't know how busy the town is with Kindle and everything. Imagine, like, seeing cars in passing. Like, how many things do you really remember? Yeah, like, we could have seen... You can... When you drive on the road, you probably see a thousand different things, and you can probably only remember ten. Yeah. So it's hard to recall everything, especially if you're not looking for it. Yeah, because he's, like, adamant that... He saw William in the car that day because yeah. he was like he was wearing Spider-Man suit, da da da. But um, there's no like evidence to suggest that that's true. So that's a possible sighting as well. That's right. Pretty much what I reckon. I mean, it, yeah, it could what be. Do you think? It could be anyone. To be honest, I I do think that he would have got abducted if they couldn't find anyone. So I think he's probably been stolen, taken by someone, yeah. and he just hasn't been found because. Even though there is that photo out there, it's pretty hard to distinguish a little boy because obviously he grows up, he changes a little bit. You know, you can change a lot yeah. with a different set of clothes, a haircut, mm. um, especially when they're so young, you know. That's true. Um, it can be a little bit hard for people to find what's going on, but it's, it is still an open case. However, it's it's been stopped because of COVID-19. Okay, so I just wanted to mention that one of the reasons why we wanted to do this case is because it's in the news. It's been in the news lately. So the lead detective that took over the case and has been on the case pretty much since um, the beginning, he's, um, he's been accused, I think I mentioned earlier, and I think he's been recently convicted, like in the last few days, of illegally recording one of the suspects, Paul Savage, I think he recorded him on, like, a number of different occasions. Yeah, so you said that he... That someone had illegally recorded him, I think, the detective, but you never said he was accused and convicted, so that's pretty yes. big that it's come out like that. Yeah, so it's been in the news for the last, like, few months. The court proceedings have been going on and the inquest into the lead detective and just the disappearance in yeah. general... Um, Currently, it's April the 4th, uh, the 4th month, 2020, just for a timestamp reference. Yes, okay, yeah, we're in April right now, so yeah, he's just recently been convicted of illegally recording, and he has said that, like, he he doesn't feel good about the, the fact that he did that, and he feels that it's unfortunate that they're putting all these resources into convicting him instead of looking for William Tyrrell. Yeah, back in the case. Because the family, um, William's parents, actually stand by the detective. And I also, like, in the interviews and stuff, I think he be, he seems pretty legit. He seems like he's been working hard. Um, yeah, but at the same time, if they're going about the wrong way, you do yes. need to crack down on that. Otherwise, it leaves for everyone else to follow suit. That's true. And yeah. then you it's going to... Gonna be a bit meddled or yeah. muddled so pretty much yeah i the, think you do family... need to kind of tell them you know set an example that you can't do that yeah for sure even if it was good intentions just well so yeah someone exactly. can't do it with bad intentions that's right it was he says that like it was good intentions he felt like he could do it and it was yeah. okay but it wasn't and the family are just really disappointed that there's so much like drama going in going on inside the police force and that they can't just focus on finding their son which is fair enough yeah um but all in all i think he is 
he seems okay, but he is off the case now. I'm pretty sure he's resigned or he's been yeah, fired or whatever. Yeah, I'm pretty sure after you got accused and convicted of that, <laughs> they wouldn't you're, let you You're away. off the case. Yeah. Um, which is disappointing because he's been working it from the beginning and he knows probably... The most kn- about it. The most yeah. about it, yeah. And he seems like he really cares, but um, at the end of the day, it is what it is. And yeah, still an open case and hopefully one day they find William. Yeah, and there might be news to come yeah because it's been shut down because of COVID-19 so there might be more information to come that will keep you posted yeah it's not released yet but anyway pretty much to summarize sum it up um what do you think happened I think I'm gonna go with what the detective thinks is that he was just playing and he either he goes around the front of the house and yeah. he either thinks that he sees his dad's car or he just wants to go and wait for his dad. So he makes right. his way down to the road. Do you think one of those cars were the one that t- took him that were waiting outside? Or I think you... it's a definite possibility because the the family and the grandma seem to think that nobody parked in the street. Yeah. I don't if... think it's crazy. No, but then I feel like if you live in that street, you kind of know know. what goes on and what is weird. That's true. You, yeah, you definitely. I kind of know all the cars that are in my street. If if some random car turns up, that's not there. I would notice it, and you know. That is true. There was a car parked on my street one time, and no, like my road is busy, and it actually like ended up being like a big deal. Yeah. Because no one ever stops their car there. Exactly. So if you know this, your own street, I feel yeah. like you. that's why she pointed it out, because it is so unusual. I think, yeah, I think should trust in what, like, their instincts, the family. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think what I don't, what I'm kind of iffy about is the detective did say, like, random abductions, especially in, like, a dead-end street, like... What are the odds? Very like, uncommon, yeah. So they think that it was on purpose, but then they it was a last-minute decision to go up there to visit the grandma, so who knew they were there? Yeah, they definitely could have, couldn't have planned it. Because it was literally like the morning after they got there. They got, up, they got there that afternoon, or that yeah. night, and then woke up the next morning, go outside to play. So I think maybe it was a crime of opportunity. Yeah, I, I feel like it has to be, because if it, I guess it depends if, how, if the parents had been talking about it um, just with anyone, if they were thinking maybe about visiting, yeah, maybe they were thinking about visiting in the following few weeks, and the grandma like, had been telling people that oh my family's going to oh, come visit okay. me, and they've yeah. just you know kept eyes on the house. But to be that quick, even just a day after, yeah, it seems it, strange. Yeah, I do think it it's most likely opportunistic, and I think he got taken, and he's probably still out there, and hopefully he's found and hopefully, returned to yeah. his proper family. Yeah, no matter what, hopefully he is found and hopefully there's more information to come after this inquest and hopefully they put more resources on finding him instead of, you know, investigating the police force. I mean, it is good to investigate the police force if they're doing the wrong yeah. thing, but at the end of the well, day... you need them to follow the book. Yeah, at the end of the day, as long if as... Because if you can't trust the police, then who can you trust? Yeah, exactly. At the end of the day, as long as they're focusing on on finding William, yeah, that's all that matters. But yeah, thank you for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. Sorry. Hopefully, you enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah, hopefully it's okay. This is our first podcast. Yeah, any so. support would be 
really helpful, really nice. Uh, good or bad, your feedback is appreciated because it helps us get a lot better at this as well and what we can work Not on. Not bad. Yeah, we Constructive can criticism. Yeah, that's bad. You can add it in. It's <laughs> <fine>. <laughs> um, but pretty much what we wanted to do to end this is go to one of our smaller topics. Um, I've got a brain teaser here for you guys, so I'll tell you the brain teaser at the end of this episode, and then the next episode, maybe at the beginning, I guess I'll give the answer, and that way it's something a little bit more to think about, but this way at least you have a definite answer, so yeah. (laughs) If you're ready for this one, I'll read it out now. So, only one colour, but not one size, stuck at the bottom, yet easily flies, present in sun, but not in rain, Mm. doing no harm, and feeling no pain. What is it? What is it? That's right. So we'll have the answer for you guys next episode, and we really hope that you enjoyed. This is Dana Meg signing off. See you next episode.